Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast, giving you the understanding of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist is referred to as a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make the path straight for him. I remember in the year 2000, going to the Sydney Olympics It was so exciting, but what I realized as a Melbourne person traveling to Sydney was how incredibly clean the city was. I mean, mean, the train tracks were clean, the bridges were clean, underneath the bridges were clean. I'm a rollerblader, so I rollerbladed around the city in the suburbs. I'm telling you, there was no graffiti There was no litter anywhere at all in the city. They spent millions of dollars. They even created new roads, new roundabouts. All of the country towns where the the flame of the Olympic torch went through, hundreds of kilometers around Australia, the Olympic torch, every town it went through, they swept the the road. They, They planted trees along the road. They built roundabouts that weren't there. They did this for the Olympics. Our government paid money for the Olympics. They prepared for years in advance, not just four years in advance for the Olympics, but our government in Australia spent hundreds of millions of dollars literally polishing the city, the entire city of Sydney for years in advance. Every footpath, every bus stop, every bridge was cleaned. And it says here in Matthew that John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way. What I'm trying to tell you today, church, is that you have received the government of God. Everything in this book, everything on earth, everything Jesus did was about the government of God. And it says that John the Baptist had a message. His message was to repent because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. It says in Matthew chapter 3, repent for the kingdom of heaven. This is a military announcement. This is a governmental announcement. You've got to realize that here in the gospel is a government term. John was an ambassador of the government of God. He was a great prophet and he was saying to repent because there's another kingdom. A kingdom is a government. A kingdom is a country. A kingdom is an organization. A kingdom has a culture. A kingdom has rules. A kingdom has a king. A kingdom has an army. And the kingdom of heaven is a real government. It has an army. 
The army is the angelic hosts. The army are the angels. When Jesus was being interrogated by Pilate, he said that he could call 10,000 angels to fight because the king, when he calls the military, he's a king of the kingdom of heaven and the military of heaven are angels. He didn't say that I could call 10,000 disciples. No, the disciples are citizens. That's another military term. That's another governmental term. Paul said that we are citizens of heaven. Citizens, that is another military term. When Jesus was explaining the kingdom country, when Jesus was explaining how do I get citizenship in the kingdom of God to Nicodemus, he said, well, obviously you need to be born. When you were born, you became a citizen. Jesus Christ, when he was being tempted in the desert by the devil, was using governmental terms. He was reading from the constitution of the government of heaven. The constitution is the Bible. In a kingdom, the word of God is the law. And so like when you go to court, you open the legal books and the judge cannot make a decision based on your emotions. He cannot make a decision based on what he thinks. He's impartial. The judge makes a decision based on his interpretation of the law. And it's the same with the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you ask, it shall be given to you. He said to the devil, God said not to test him. God said in the Bible, we do not live by bread alone, but on every word of God. When Jesus fought the devil, he fought him legally by quoting the law, by quoting the book, the constitution. And so what I want to show you today is that Jesus Christ himself continued to communicate the same message, the same message. Why is it the same message? Because it's the same government. The government of heaven, the kingdom government of heaven has a message. And so Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, the following chapter, continues with the same message from the same government. Jesus Christ, it says, from that time on, in verse 17, the same book, the next chapter, verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And so I want you today to receive the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't come to preach a religion. He didn't come to preach a democracy. He didn't come to preach even about joining a church. Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom government. In Matthew chapter 28, after he was resurrected, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and baptize people, nations, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a government. Jesus Christ is saying, the government of heaven has now been extended to earth. There is a new government. The government of heaven has been extended to earth 
all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. So when you go into this earth's government, every problem you encounter, I will win. Every disagreement, my government wins. Every time you experience sickness, the kingdom government of heaven is going to win because the authority has been given to me. So every other government is now unauthorized. And what he said in John chapter 20, in you know Matthew chapter 16, he said, I confer upon you a kingdom. He breathed on the disciples. He breathed on the disciples and said, receive the government. He said, receive the kingdom. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is saying to you, yes, to you, Christian, who believes, he's saying you are the government. You now are the government on earth. And every other government you encounter, every person you encounter is of another government. They're an enemy government and we are taking over. Every sickness you experience is from the enemy government. Every poverty you experience is from the enemy government. You see, when Paul was in prison, he was rejoicing because he knew that his government was going to deliver him. If, you know, Barack Obama or Kevin Rudd or one of the uh, statesmen and diplomats of our countries was to be arrested in another country, it would only be a matter of time before the American government or the Australian government went and knocked on their door. They would do anything to get them back. Even a citizen of Australia arrested for crimes, including drugs trafficking, even an Australian arrested for drug trafficking in Indonesia, the Australian government, because they're a citizen of Australia, will try to get them out of jail, will try to get them a lenient sentence, will try to get them to be returned to Australia so that they can face a, a more, um, you know, easier judgment in Australia. How much more for the royal family? Now, you and I are not only citizens. We are sons. So we are the royal family. We are the royal priesthood. So when Jesus gives you the kingdom, it's not just as a steward. It's not just as a servant. It's not just as an ambassador. You are also the royal family. So if you think of the kingdom of Great Britain, that's a great kingdom, the United Kingdom. There, there's, uh, you know, many citizens there who benefit from the kingdom. And they're also a parliament and a democracy. But the kingdom, I think the royal family, Prince Charles, probably gets better treatment than the rest of the citizens. But that's you and I. You and I are co-heirs with Christ. We will inherit all things. The kingdom is ours. Jesus said that the Father's good pleasure is to give you the kingdom. So you are the kingdom. You own the kingdom. You have the kingdom. The kingdom of God in all of its entirety goes with you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And so wherever you go, the kingdom goes. All of the kingdom goes. Wherever you go, all of the kingdom goes. When an ambassador stands in a foreign country, they are the country that they represent. If somebody shoots the ambassador of America 
while they're in Australia, that is an act of war against the country of America because that ambassador represents America. They are the physical embodiment of America. In fact, the embassy in Australia, the American embassy in Australia is America. It is American land and the Australian government can't even enter the American embassy, even though it is on Australian soil. So you are the kingdom. So wherever you go, all of the kingdom of God goes. All of the healing of the kingdom of God goes. All of the provision of the kingdom of God goes. All of the angels of the kingdom of God goes. So if you find yourself in prison, don't worry, because there's a bigger government. There's a higher government that is going to get you out of jail. If you lose your job today, don't worry, because the there's a bigger government. There's a higher authority that is you are representing and they are your provider. Your provision doesn't come from your job. Your meaning and significance doesn't come from your marriage or from your children. Your sufficiency is in Christ. If you have Christ, you have all other things added to you as well. All things are yours, things present and things to come. And so everywhere you go, you are the kingdom. When Jesus Christ said, I give you the keys to the kingdom, there aren't some labyrinth of keys. You don't need to stumble in your pocket with a huge bunch of keys and go, you know what, God, I've got a, I've got a phone bill. Which key do I need? Do I need the giving key? Do I need the thanksgiving key? Do I need the waiting key? Do I need the praise key? No. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the whole kingdom. The keys aren't to healing. The keys are to the kingdom. He's given you the keys to the whole kingdom. In other words, I give you ownership of the government. All of the government. Paul said it this way. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. So there's no room that you need to unlock. There is no blessing that you don't have the key to. You have received all of the kingdom of heaven. The good news is that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. What he's saying is the government is now on earth. The government that was in heaven. The government that was restricted to heaven has now been extended permanently to earth. Now, it's a government that will not end. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows and it will become the biggest tree in the garden. Everyone will bow the knee to Jesus. It's inevitable. Everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even those who don't want to will be forced to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because he will fill all in all and all things are coming together in Christ. All things are coming together in Christ. I said all things are coming together in Christ. So every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day it says that the kingdoms of our world became the kingdoms of our God. The Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth, the whole earth, as the waters cover the sea. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all flesh. So the Great Commission is saying that the government that was only in heaven is now also on the earth and you are its representatives and you have access to all of it for the one purpose. I said the one purpose of baptizing people 
into the Godhead. So you are one with the Godhead. You are one with the kingdom. You are one with Jesus Christ. You are married to Jesus Christ. You are the body of Jesus Christ. You are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus prayed to the Father that you would be one with the Father as he is one with the Father. Jesus prayed that the glory, the fullness the fullness that God had in the beginning with Jesus, that you would have that fullness. It's called glory. Genesis chapter 1 said, man was made in the glory of God. That word image is the word glory. So you are God on the earth. You are God's on the earth. When people see you, they see the Father. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. And then Jesus said, the, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he's just like me. And he is going to remind you of what I said. He's going to reveal me. He's going to take things that are mine and he's going to reveal them to you. So listen to me. This is the partnership. The partnership is the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. The Holy Spirit will convict people. He will convict people of judgment, of righteousness, sin, and judgment. So they will know that they sinned the moment they come into a relationship with you. They will know that they need God. Now, the devil doesn't want them to hear it. But it doesn't matter. The truth is, Jesus said that the Pharisees are children of the devil. They said, your, he said, your father is Satan and you do the will of your father. Until somebody's born again by the spirit of God, they will be doing the will of the devil. But their spirit wants God because Jesus is the desire of all nations. The Bible says that the father draws all men to himself. The Bible says that when Jesus is lifted up, that he will draw all men to himself. So their spirit wants to be born again. The moment you walk into the supermarket, those people's spirits see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Yes, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, but you are the light of the kingdom of God. And so there are going to be angels that are assigned to their life that are going to be ministering spirits to those who will inherit salvation. Those angels are going to want you to share your faith. Now, don't get overwhelmed. Pray for those who you are led to pray for. If you have compassion, take that as a sign that you are to stop and be interruptible by God and pray for that person. But also pray always, pray that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you some keys here this morning or whenever you're listening to this this afternoon. The key to the kingdom of God is that you are the government of God. Everywhere you go, you carry the full government of the kingdom of God. You can give away the kingdom of God. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. So you can give healing, you can give salvation, you can give health care, you can give deliverance. The whole kingdom is with you. And so Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. They didn't have money. They weren't ashamed. They weren't waiting for God to give them, you know, a, a Maserati to prove that God was with them. Paul didn't need to prove that he was a certain way when he was in prison because Paul had the whole kingdom in prison with him. Peter and John had the whole kingdom. They didn't need money. An ambassador goes to a city with nothing 
When an ambassador is posted to a city as a government official, they have everything paid for. The government drives their car. The government provides a chauffeur. The government provides schooling for their children. The government provides housing. So you have an appointment. Your appointment might be in your home. Your appointment might be in your family. Your appointment might be with your relatives. Your appointment might be to go to a job that you don't like. An ambassador might be posted to New York City and have an apartment in a penthouse in Manhattan. But that same ambassador could easily be posted to Cambodia where they live in a little, you know, little unair conditioned house where there's no electricity because the whole city is on generators. Now, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You might not like your job. You might not like your post. You might not like your citizenship, your uh, position, but you are owned by God. You are not your own. You are owned by God. You are an ambassador of the kingdom. Jesus said you need to lose your life if you want to find it. You are to die to yourself. You are to carry your cross. So stop praying for yourself. You can pray for yourself when God prays through you because God's going to put a desire on your heart to pray for yourself. But you should be praying the will of God. God wants all men to be saved and none to perish. So pray for that. Pray that no one would go to hell. Pray that people would come to Christ. Pray that you would be filled with the Spirit of God. And so this is what you do. Number one, the kingdom of God is about a king. Number one, the kingdom of God is is about a king. So there are so many videos on YouTube about, you know, how to get soul ties broken, how to, you know, these are all about you. Now, God wants your soul to be healed, but he will lead you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. If he says to watch the video, then watch the video. If he says, you know, watch Katie Souza, watch Katie Souza. But if not, don't get into this whole trap of, of you and, and self-help. It's about the kingdom. So when you wake up, what would happen if you praised him because he's king? What would happen if you just praised him because he's king? What would happen if you just said, God, I'm available. I want to seek first your kingdom. What if you said, Jesus, I want to be humble. I want you to make me like you today. I, because you know the will of God. It's in the Bible. God wants you to be like Jesus. God wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants you to love other people. God wants you to share your faith. So what you do is you pray. Number one, it's about the king. It's all about the king. So we look to Jesus. We worship Jesus. We thank Jesus. We spend time with Jesus. Number two, it's about the king's words. In a kingdom, his words are the kingdom. His words created the universe. His words will never pass away. His words are the law. His words are the kingdom. The principles of the kingdom are from his words. The rules of the kingdom are from his words. The keys of the kingdom are from his words. The angels go about to do his word. The angels aren't waking up in the morning and seeing that you're tired and, and changing their plans to go, you know what, you know, Jonathan looks tired today. Let's, let's just help him have a relaxing day. Let's just stop all the traffic. Let's stop all the red lights. Let's make it easy for Jonathan. No, the angels don't look to me. 
They do the word of God. The angels look to what is written about you in heaven, and that is what they're going to do. So the best thing you can do in the morning is to wake up and say, God, you said I am above and not beneath. Then the angels are activated. God, you said I lend and I don't borrow. The angels are activated. God, you sent your word and healed me. You said, by your stripes, I'm healed. And I got that prophetic word from that pastor that said, I'm going to win and I'm going to succeed and I'm going to prosper and I'm going to whatever it is. And you know what? The angels are there to do the word of God. So why don't you give them some word of God to do? Number one, it's all about the king. The king is the kingdom. Number two, it's all about his words. Forget about your needs. Forget about your feelings. Forget about your circumstances and focus on the word. His word is the kingdom of God. So when you wake up, pray his word, speak his word, declare his word. Number three is that you've been given the keys. The keys of the kingdom aren't some magic trick. There isn't some lecture that you need to go to, some book you need to read. I read so many books about the principles of the kingdom and the keys of the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom, and I was looking to make a note, and then it hit me. God gave me the keys to the kingdom, to the whole kingdom. God gave me ownership. If I give you the keys to my house... You have access to my bathroom, my kitchen, my TV, my bar, you know, my car. When I when God gives you the keys to the kingdom, he is giving you ownership of the whole government. He's giving you the health department, he's giving you the finance department, he's giving you the the ministry of education, he's giving you the army, he's giving you the military, he's giving you everything. So the keys to the kingdom are access to the whole kingdom, ownership of the whole kingdom, and authority in the whole kingdom of God. And so wherever you go, you can unlock all of heaven. Heaven is a government. Heaven is a government that is now also on the earth. It is contained within you. The entire government is contained inside of Christians. The kingdom of God is not observed with keen observation, but it is within you. The kingdom of God exists only inside of the Holy Spirit. So the church is the kingdom of God. Let me tell you about the church. We don't want the church to grow, you know, and become some, you know, massive institution. The kingdom of God, the sorry, the church is the powerhouse. The church is to be built up in the spirit. The Bible says the church grows as each person does their part. So the church is built up in love. So the spiritual the church is a spiritual house for God to dwell in. And so you go to church to be equipped. The church is the embassy. Like that ambassador when he's in America, or let's say the American ambassador is in Australia. He drives around in the car. He wears the suit. He goes to his appointments, even when he doesn't feel like it. And in those appointments, he speaks on behalf of his government. If the Australian prime minister says to the ambassador from America, what do you think? He'll say, well, I don't have an opinion, but my government thinks this, and we would like this to happen. 
Now, when he runs out of money, or if he needs something, he goes back to the embassy. When he goes back to the embassy, he gets resources. He gets his credit card topped up. He gets his petty cash refilled. He gets his suit dry cleaned. Everything he needs. If he needs guns, if he needs protection, his military, his finance is inside the embassy. That's the church. The church is designed to equip you for the work of ministry. God has shaken things and shuffled things up because it hasn't been quite happening the way that we needed it to happen. And so that's why we have people like, you know, Kevin Zadai and and Emma Stark and all these people rising up because we are looking for equipping. Uh, but it's going to happen in the church, and you are the church. So the church isn't meant to be this, you know, organization that takes over the media and, and, and you know, um, places people in government and buys buildings. Now, that is going to happen. And you will see churches that take over entire cities, and I said it first, entire cities will be a kingdom city. But really, in the, what God's wanting to do first and in the spirit is the and not just first, but what God is wanting to do biblically is the church is a spiritual house primarily as well. So it's a spiritual house as well as a physical house, and it's a place where the church grows in love. So it grows as you do your part, as you as you pray for somebody, as you bear with each other's burdens, as you care for another and love one another, as you go over to someone's house and meet their needs, as you pray for them, as you cor- cor- encourage them, as you rebuke them, as you sharpen each other, as you prophesy on each other, as you teach each other the the church grows. So there are some churches that are five people that are bigger in the spirit than the 10,000 churches that are on the internet. So don't look at the size of the organization. Look at the size of the kingdom. And so the church is there to equip you. Number one, it's all about the king. Say king. Whoa, you are the king of glory. Who is this king of glory? Let the king of glory come in. Number two, it's about the words of the king. Make your life about his words, not about what you think should have happened, not about what you can see, what you need. Make your life only about his word, what he has said. Number three, you are the government. You have the keys to the entire kingdom. Everywhere you go, the country goes. Say that. Everywhere I go, the country goes. And then the final thing is just to give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away. You've got to realize everything Jesus taught us was to give it away. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. He's saying, the Father knows what you need. Don't worry about what you need. Don't worry about what you are going to eat. These are all government terms. What he's saying is, and when he healed people, When he cast out devils, when he fed the 5,000, he was showing them what the kingdom government would do for them if they became members. 
He was showing them the kingdom of God. He was showing them those who came to him. If you come to the king bearing a gift, you're going to receive from him. So people came to him and said, son of David, have mercy on me. He said, well, do you have faith? Fine. If you have faith, I'm going to heal you. So Jesus showed them the kingdom. He said to us, freely you've received, freely give. So you and I are that kingdom now. You and I can show people what it looks like to be in the kingdom of God. We can show people by giving them peace. We can show people by walking on the waters, walking on the waters of life, walking on the waters of these turmoils that we're in in this economy, showing them that you can prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So everywhere you go, you give it away. He's forgiven your sins so that you don't have to worry about it. He's forgiven your sins so that you can have access to heaven. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you the mind of Christ. He's given you the name of Jesus. He's healed you of all of your sicknesses and diseases. He's promised to provide for you. You don't need to ask for what you need because your heavenly Father knows that you need it. Paul said God will meet all of your needs through his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So you don't even need to ask. It's going to be done for you. God has dealt with it all so that you can do nothing but preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Your purpose is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Your purpose is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Your purpose is to be Christ, to be the fragrance of Christ. Your purpose is to go into all the world and to make disciples, to copy yourself and to put them in the Godhead. Take them and put them in the Godhead. Now, if you tell them and they don't want to know, that's fine. It's not your responsibility to force them. It's their responsibility to decide, but it is your responsibility to tell them about the kingdom of God. So right now, I'm going to pray for you, Father. Give them the kingdom of God. Bestow upon them the kingdom of God. Jesus, you said that all else will be added to them as well. Give them confidence. Holy Spirit, you confirm with their spirits that they are children of God. Lord, you testify with their spirits that they are children of God. Give them the kingdom today. May the kingdom take over. May it be the biggest seed in the biggest tree in the garden. May your yeast, your kingdom yeast leaven and fill and take over the entire lump of dough. May you put a hunger in this person's heart right now. In fact, I just want to speak over this episode that it carries a hunger anointing. It carries an impartation of hunger that you are going to want the meat of the word of God after this episode, that you are going to need God after this episode, that you are going to make a decision to overthrow. Overthrow is when the government of God that is inside of you becomes bigger than you. I said overthrow is when the government of God that is inside of you overthrows your government and starts to manifest in the government around you. Paul said, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. That word for world is the word word cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S. It means the order of authority. He said, do not be conformed to the order of authority, which means government, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as you go to work, there's an order of authority that you are not to be conformed to. As you look at your bank account, there's an order of authority that you're not going to be conformed to. When that bill comes that's too big, when that sickness comes that's a diag that's too big and a diagnosis when that person rejects you you go to the word there's a kingdom inside of you that says my bills are paid there's a kingdom inside of you that you says i am accepted by christ i have a spirit of adoption i don't care what they think and you'll find that god is going to change the environment around you when jesus did his greatest miracles he looked to the father who was in heaven, and he said, I thank you that you hear me. And I prophesy that that is going to be the way that you pray, pray from now on. You have a kingdom government that is taking over, and you will look to the kingdom of heaven that is in heaven. You will look to the government that's in heaven and say, Father, I know that you hear me. And he, and then you look to the kingdom government that's in you, and you will see a transfer. You will see the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. Jesus prayed that the kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven would come. The only way that kingdom of heaven comes is through a man. The only way that God comes to earth is through a man or a woman. So when you pray the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven comes through you into the earth. It comes through you into the earth. It only is released through you. What I'm trying to break down is that ultimately the kingdom of heaven comes through your body. The kingdom of heaven cannot come through your body until you let it come through your body. The kingdom of heaven cannot come through your body without first coming through your soul. The kingdom of heaven can't come through your soul without first coming through your spirit. So this is how it works. You see what the Father is doing in your spirit. You can't see it in your natural mind. That's why you need to get into the spirit. That's why Paul said is a commandment. Set your eyes on things above he, you are commanded to look at the invisible things, not the visible things. So when you look, when you wake up in the morning, you pray in tongues. When you wake up in the morning, you pray in the spirit. You don't, get out, you don't go out of your house until you've connected with the Father. Or if you have to, you pray in tongues all day. It doesn't matter what you feel. What happens is you see the Father, your spirit, your eyes are open. Paul prayed, I pray that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance in the saints. Jesus prayed that your ears would be opened. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. They're spiritual ears. So you are a spirit who is one with God. Your spirit is one with God. Your spirit hears God's voice permanently if you don't hear feel like you're hearing god's voice it's because you're in your soul your soul is your mind your will and your emotions and then the final part of your body your makeup is your body so your body may not feel like praying but your spirit will feel like praying and then your soul has to obey your spirit this is the correct order so your spirit sees god 
I'm telling you the truth. Your spirit, if you're born again, it always sees God. In fact, right now, your spirit is standing in heaven. Right now, your spirit is one with Christ. Right now, the angels can't tell the difference between you and Jesus when they see you walking on the earth. You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You are one with him. You're one with him in spirit. You're one with him in body. The Holy Spirit lives in your body. He couldn't live in your body if you weren't holy, completely holy. People died for touching the Ark of the Covenant because it was holy. But you are that holy. So your spirit is in God and in heaven right now. It sees God. Right now you're standing on the altar of God. Right now you are standing on the fire of the altar. I'm telling you the truth. Right now, you, if you would go there, if you would just look with your spiritual eyes, you would see God. And you would be so amazed at the love that he has for you. You would be so amazed. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. When he sees you, he sees you are perfect. There is no condemnation against you. There is no word of accusation against you. There is no record that you ever sinned. You are pure, perfect, without blemish like Jesus Christ. He cannot find a record. It is deleted. He didn't cover your sins. He removed them. They are gone. So you stand before God. Now then, your spirit has communion with the Holy Spirit. That's what John prayed. I pray that you would have communion. Whoa, that is fellowship. That is eating. That is drinking. That is love. God is a jealous lover. You are in fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The three Godhead is having fellowship with you. You have communion. So your spirit is continually being renewed and and, and like being washed and washed and renewed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the problem is you get stuck in your soul. So what you need to do is you need to allow the Word of God to take root that's in your spirit. You need to allow the seed of the kingdom to take over. You need it to go to your mind. You need it to go to your emotions. You need it to go to your will. The Bible says that when you pray you in the spirit, you are edifying your spirit. The Bible says that as you read the word, you're being washed with the water of the word. So the more time you spend in communion with God, the more that you see the Father, the more that you pray in tongues, the more that you read the word of God, the more that you obey him and don't grieve him, the more your soul will be changed. Your soul is where it needs to be changed. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. But don't worry, you don't have to be perfect, although Jesus said be perfect. But even Jesus said, you know, take this cup from me, Father, but not my will, but your will be done. So even Jesus' soul was resisting the will of God, and it didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to go. He said, I don't want to do this. Take it from me. Take it but not my will. So you're the same. You and I are the same. Jesus struggled with everything that we struggled with, but he had to get up early and pray. He had to miss meals. He had to go up the mountain before 
the son came up to get away with the father. He needed that time and so do you and I. So you throw over your soul, your mind and your will and your emotions need to submit to your spirit. Your mind, will and emotions need to submit to, to God. So, And then your body needs to submit to your mind, will, and emotions. So that's the proper order. The proper order is God covers you with the Holy Spirit, fills you with the Holy Spirit. You become one with the Holy Spirit in spirit. The Bible says we are united. We become one with Christ in spirit. Then your, your soul becomes transformed. Your soul is transformed. Your mind becomes the mind of Christ. Your will becomes the will of Christ. Your emotions become the emotions of Christ. It's a narrow path. It, the spaghetti takes shape as it gets pushed through those tiny little holes. And so you go through water and you go through fire and you come out into rich fulfillment. So don't resist, you know, the judgment of God if it feels like judgment, because it's not judgment, but don't resist the discipline. Don't resist don't resist the pain. Don't resist the fire. In fact, when you understand the government of the kingdom, you will run into the fire because you know that he's going to deliver you. In fact, you know that the harder it is, the narrower it is, the more of the kingdom you're going to get. The more like Jesus are you going to become. The harder it is, the more you are becoming like God. He tests our faith. The, the, the testing of our faith develops perseverance. So your soul becomes like Jesus. Then your body becomes like Jesus. Your body doesn't mean he can't heal you, but your body will conform. Paul said he beats his body daily. So Paul in the spirit commanded his soul and his soul commanded his body. David spoke to his soul. He said, my soul will praise you. My soul cries out. You know, he said, I will, I feel like this, but I, I will praise you nonetheless. Even though I feel like this, all of the Psalms are, the, are about the soul of David choosing by the spirit of David to conform to his spirit. If you're struggling with this soul area, read the Psalms. Psalm 16, Psalm 88, Psalm 77, Psalm 81, Psalm 86, Psalm 3, Psalm 16, Psalm 21, Psalm 23, Psalm 51, Psalm 119, Psalm 121, Psalm 139, Psalm 1. They're all really good. Psalm 8. And then your body will follow. And so right now, faith is. Faith is. Listen, faith is like the key that opens the door. You don't need much more than a hole in the vacuum of space to suck everything out of your spaceship into space. You don't need much. Faith is the size of a mustard seed. 
you only need a tiny, tiny little drop. What I'm trying to say is all of heaven can flow through you if you just have the faith of a mustard seed. Think about a vacuum. Think about the power of the vacuum of space, how you could put a tiny little hole in a, in a space suit and it would suck all the atmosphere out of there. That is how faith is. You don't need much faith. You just need to be able to look to God. You just need to be able to say, help. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain because the whole of the government of heaven is behind you.